0: You're listening to The Ecological Podcast, all about our positive partnerships with horses and other animals through work and play. Your hosts are Rebecca Baylis from Little Green Stables and Kate Blackmore from Ecological Positive Partnerships. Okay, we're recording... In the annex today, which is exciting, and the reason why is because we have two new arrivals with us, and it's all gone very quiet. You can't hear them, but you probably will hear one of them soon, and they are parrots, and they've joined um, me and my husband in our little annex that we live in in the garden, and as our little house chickens, basically. That sounds awful, isn't it, house chickens? But that's what they are. They are little house birds, and they're gorgeous. They're both rescues. They both belong to to a charity and we've got a little Amazon Pito who's 21 and a female and she's an, a very good flyer and is flying around all the beams and we have Skork who you will hear he's an African grey and he's 13 he's male and he's very very shy I think he's had quite a rough time with his sixth home which is pretty bad um and I think he's quite scared of life in general. So we're working with both of them using positive reinforcement, which is very, very different to horses, but very similar in some ways in that you use rewards and you pick their favorite rewards, you use random rewards and jackpots. That all that's kind of the same. You capture and you use counter conditioning, but because their parrots are very different to horses, so there's lots of things that don't match. But it's a really interesting learning curve and I'm really loving having them here. You've got quiet, Kate.
1: Oh, no, I was just thinking how, much, how beautiful they are.
0: <laughs> they now, are beautiful. No, I
1: have um, fallen in love
0: over the weekend
1: after Becky's <laughs> been sending me videos. Parrots, The parrots. <laughs> and um, I'm absolutely in love with them and a little bit obsessed <clears throat> now, it seems. And now I, cool. now I want to do some studying on parrot behaviour because... I want to know what's the same, what's different, and I think Mm. it's really awesome. So I'm really excited
0: um, about learning from you, Becky. Oh, I know, that's quite cool. All things (laughs) parrots. Yeah, well, I'm learning too as well. So I'm not a parrot expert by any means, but I'm learning too. And I am working with a parrot behaviourist, and I'm working with a couple of guys in America too, which are parrot trainers. And they've gone down the permission based training Mm. um, route, which is really cool. And that's what we're trying to do at the moment. It's quite hard because it's just too tempting to give them really nice treats so that they sit with you <laughs> <in> bribery. Bribery. <laughs> but, uh, it's you know, they haven't even been here a week yet, so it's all settling, settling in. Um, but today we're going to talk about protective contact as well. And that was kind of a follow on from last week's podcast with Maisie when she was talking about the... The, her her um, experience with the vets and that she's using prot- protective contact with that. Yeah.
1: <coughs>
0: Go on then. <laughs> 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 Sorry,
1: uh, just before, because we were going to just quickly do a quick update on Daisy. Yes, and we can Solo update and on Matthew. Daisy. We'll just, yeah, we we just close the door yeah. on her. Yeah, so the lovely Daisy, I don't know if you guys remember... <clears throat> But she wrote in a while back, didn't she, mm-hmm. about um, she had a new horse coming and she wanted ideas on how to introduce them safely. And we put a update on Facebook. Well, I did. Yes, we sure, did. did yeah, yeah, shared it. Yeah, on Facebook of them being introduced and taking down the um, the line between them, and it all was really, really smooth, wasn't it? Yes, so it was really, really lovely. Well. So it was a it was a big non-event, which is what we always want when we're introducing horses, nothing, we don't need any extra entertainment, we want it to keep it all nice and calm. So that's fantastic, it's been going really well and um, Daisy's seen some interesting um, points in a change of dynamics to how she originally thought it might go. So she's just giving them some time to settle in but um, she is going to have to come up against Separating them and working on that separation act of anxiety that Solo does uh, experience, doesn't he? So he, he has does. done in the past, he can get <clears throat> he quite stressed out. Yeah. yeah. So next week's podcast, we're going to do a podcast on separation, all about separation anxiety. Along with what is it, why it causes so many problems and how you can um, work around it Mm -hmm. and, you know, shaping plans that you guys can apply to help with it. And it's certainly something that can be worked around and we have done it many times at Conquest and... Um, it's been successful. so Which I'm is happy. actually
0: really interesting because you've done it many times at Conquest and you've got multiple horses. Mm-hmm. So that's important to put in place. And I know we've talked about it, me and Nick have definitely talked about it with flan. When we take rum and patch out, flan is like, He's not overly stressed, but he's um, uh, he's he's aware and he's kind of on his on the lookout, isn't he, Nick? Yeah. And I think it's interesting because he's in a herd of five, so yeah. he's not on his own. He's got the other two, but the other two aren't as important to him as mm-hmm. the two that we've taken out. Yeah. So
1: yeah, I mean, obviously, it's more difficult when you've just got two horses, but we have um, we have some livery horses that came mm-hmm. uh, that were so like were pair bonds so but they also had like very traumatic lives in the past so for them to be separated was dangerous like Mm. so we've had to spend a lot of time working really really gently on this behaviour and um so
0: yeah but we'll we'll go into that yeah we'll talk about that talk about that that. and we've had an awesome morning we have had an awesome morning. That's right. So Nick, Nick, and Kate have not only fed the parrots a little bit of digestive biscuit, <laughs> which was which, just so awesome. Very which is not good for them, but I we love just the way they take it with their and feet. They hold it. Yeah, yeah, they hold it in their hands. Oh, what a find! <laughs> but we, I, we could do some clicker training with you guys in a bit when we finish this. Yeah, and um, so exciting. I'll record it, and then you can put it on. That'd be so Very cool. Um, But we are talking about... Oh, so, on morning, yeah, let's just say because we we, we sat on rum. (laughs) I know, this podcast is going to be all over the place. So we sat on rum, which is what we're trying to do every Monday now, which is really good. And so I sat on him first, and I did my whole counting to ten, and it went really good. Kept myself together. And then Nick Nick hopped on, and she... Actually, you were on there for two minutes, I think. Yeah. Mm, so, really, longest stint. really good. That's our longest, yeah, longest stint. And then hopped off. And then what was interesting is that Kate, so Kate realized that um, he needed to move. So, Nick Nick hopped on again, but you spotted that he was kind of, oh, I mm. quite like to just move a couple of steps. So, we moved the cone a little bit further away and he just did two steps steps. really chilled to the cone so that was
1: and there was a massive (laughs) difference in the way that he took those two steps to before where he looked a little bit like you know a foal when they first get (laughs) their feet and their legs were splayed and stuff because he wasn't quite sure so we we, after talking it through with Maisie we decided that obviously we were just going to um, have be stationary with someone sat on his back, mm. Nick Nick sat on his back just so he could weight shift and stuff. And we do have that video coming yeah, out. And well, um... this journey, I think we'll talk about more in another podcast because there's so much to go through. But what really hit me that I found amazing is we're only doing this at the moment once a week, a yeah. couple mm. of minutes at a time, mm. but the difference in his ability to carry Nick Nick. And his strength has been unbelievable. Mm. Like that transition is happening so quickly. So it's lovely to see. We're not going to push it quickly because we don't need to.
0: No. And I would say that in the the rest of the week he's doing other things. Like sometimes he doesn't, he just has a, a day being a horse At other times he, he'll be you know we'll, I'll groom him or we'll do some me and Nick Nick we'll walk him out or we'll do some other behaviours so yeah, it's, yeah, just absolutely. it's just the that's mountain once block a but it, what is brilliant is that he is so comfortable with that and he's now beginning to ask for the criteria to be raised which is really lovely yeah to absolutely because I guess there becomes like we were saying this morning you know
1: asking a young horse or any horse to stand still is actually one of the most difficult things because they're not designed to stand still for long Mm -hmm. periods of time so with Ram it got to the point where it's like great we want him standing at the mountain block we want him relaxed Um, but how long do we expect him to stand there being the age that he is, that like mm. we don 't want to train a behavior that goes against his ethology and what he needs mm. to do, mm. so he's getting that balance right, and today you could just see that he was like hit this it was the third time, and he was like just there was a bit of energy there, and it was just those two focused steps onto the cone touched the cone, mm. and it was, it was lovely, and you could see he, he just carried that better. Yeah. No, it's
0: really good. So, yes, yeah, so we're really happy about that, aren't we? We are really happy about that. So, no. and now we're going to talk about protective contact. Yes, we are. So, go Kate. Okay, so a protective contact
1: is, um, it's something that's been being used in zoos for a long time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't, I make these generalised, I say these things and I think, I don't know where that comes from. I haven't, <laughs>
0: <That's a good laughs>
1: I, I haven't seen See, I, it's newer in the horse world, mm-hmm. in the positive reinforcement world, I will say, because I don't think many traditional trainers use protected contact, from what I know.
0: No, no I, do, I no, don't think they no. do.
1: Okay, so what is it? So it is a physical barrier between you and the horse, and it's it's for lots of different reasons... Um, But one of the top reasons, I guess, is safety (laughs) for you and safety for the horse as well. Um, It's kind of like to protect you both. Um, It can be uh, a stable door where they're in the stable and you are outside. That's where I first started introducing clicker training to the horses at Conquest back in the day. I don't do it that way anymore. Um, It can be over a gate, so they can be in the field and you can be... Um, there it can be a round the round pen,
0: oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah. so round the pen so you're you're inside they're outside, and actually that's quite good for the energy work isn't it mm. if you're if you're wanting a bit more energy to inject a little bit more energy yeah, safely because we've done that with rum with the reverse around pen, haven't we? It, yeah. oh, and we actually use like an L shape in the school now. Yeah. So he's one side and we're the other side because you can tell when they're a bit spicy and they've got that energy and you, they just need to get it out. Like you said, they just need a buck and a fart sometimes yeah. and th- that's part of it. And so you recognise that and instead of trying to suppress that, you allow them to have it, but in that protective contact so that it's safe. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just clarify
1: that we are talking about this isn't only high energy work. And mm. it, it, we, we're we using protective contact in a slightly different way with yes, one, which no, I will true. talk about. That's true, yeah. But the more traditional way of doing it, it's about introducing behaviours. And it's all about keeping things under threshold and safe yeah and also setting up the environment you remember the antecedents environments all that stuff yeah. that we've talked about before so you can use this with nervous horses or horses especially that have had bad experiences in their lives mm-hmm. are maybe a bit fearful of humans haven't had the best times with humans or maybe have problems with feeding by hand and okay. they find that stressful because obviously If they... Hands can be quite a scary thing for a horse, depending their experience of hands in the past. So, you know, unfortunately, I have come across horses that have been hit or aggressively um, handled, you know, around the head area, around the mouth, so they will not feel comfortable taking food out of a hand because Mm. that hand is not a safe thing for them. Mm. Um, So... um, also, it helps to introduce the idea to, to a youngster or a horse that's never done, like, fed from a hand before, how to feed from a
0: hand. Like yeah. gently, because you could use the bucket, couldn't you? You can use the bucket. So if they're absolutely. scared of hands, you could you click reward, and the raw goes in the bucket, which keeps you safe and them and they don't have to worry about the hand. Yeah, absolutely, and
1: I do like that, um, and I've used that many, many a times, and I know that Hannah Weston does uh, talk about doing that in one of her training videos um, when she introduced it. I have had a couple of horses that I've noticed have found it difficult to make the connection between the food going in the bucket and the marker for the behaviour. And I was reading about a case, I wonder if it was Karen Pryor's blog or something, and I was reading about a case with a dog where a dog was being trained and uh, to do a behaviour, I can't remember, sit or something like that. And they were putting the food on the floor and it just wasn't getting this behaviour. And it's mm. because it, it didn't make the connection with the food coming from uh, okay. the, the, the connection. Because the food was being presented somewhere else. It just didn't uh, quite... Well, join the dots. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely... I promote feeding by bucket, but I just want to say, you know, if you if you
0: notice that, then mm. that's what that mm. could be. But you could have, like with Skork the parrot, I'm just linking it in, because <laughs> I just want to talk parrots now. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> on. um, but he's, so he is petrified, so he's been here only a few days, but he won't leave his cage. So he's not in his cage, he's on the outside of his cage, so he can go wherever he wants to, like Peter's flying all over the place, but he won't leave his cage, because he is scared he's worried about it and so in a way I'm kind of using that to my advantage in that I can I've got protective contact so I can get him in his cage if Mm -hmm. I need to which is good because we can't handle him at the moment because he's so scared of hands but when I click and reward him to begin with for touching his target stick I'd use the I'd use a tub of treats So he has to touch, it's like a chopstick, so I put the clicker on top of the chopstick, he touches the end of the of this chopstick, I click, and then I present the tub of treats so he can choose his treat and he takes it out of his tub. Now we started doing that and to begin with he was like just couldn't do any of it, now he'll take a treat out of the tub and he'll take a treat out of my hand, but I noticed that he prefers, in his body language, he prefers it from the tub. So I will do one out of the tub, one out of my hand, one out of my tub, tub, hand. You know, and mix it up. Yeah. So, and I, because he could bite as well, and I don't want him to bite, because again, I I don't want to put him in that situation. So if you've got a bitey horse, or a horse that is really traumatised and that bites, using that bucket to throw that ward in... Makes it a bit safer as well, doesn't it? it? It does,
1: yeah, absolutely. But protective contact also helps with horses that mug. And I'm going to explain um, the whole yes. procedure, okay? So, okay. And we, we're teaching horses how to eat from the hand, how to not mug, how mm. to kind of just basically those dinner time rules, you know, that when yeah. the kids so when you're at the because table. Because I think when
0: we say protective contact, we instinctively mean troubled horses yeah yeah but it isn't
1: at all it's it it, you know it really and i'll talk about a few of my experiences you know you want to be if you're introducing this to your horse this is how you want to be working um so it's also really good for humans that are new to the training sometimes their timing is off sometimes they find things so it's to help stop the horse from getting frustrated Mm -hmm. help the human go right click shit get my food what this that you know how it is when you're first starting off um you're setting up the environment for its success so you're using the environment really to so they aren't able to mug you yeah but you're not doing it in an aversive way where you need to get all up in their face or kind of like oh, sh- do whatever aversive thing it is that that um you feel you need to do um rehabilitation for aggressive horses is really good for um especially because with aggressive horses just um standing still is really really important for them to start off for their rehabilitation Mm -hmm. um it gives us space and time to think about what we're doing just without a horse being on top of us going Mm -hmm. what's next what's next what's next Mm -hmm. um and vet procedures, really good for vet procedures, so we're going to talk a little bit about a video that we're going to be publishing tomorrow. Maybe yeah, that will be next. Oh. Yeah, we're a week that So, out. a video that, a video <laughs> that we published. published last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so there's loads and loads of, loads of reasons why we would use it, um, and I've got some good uh, pointers to some videos of it being used as well. Mm. Um, so let's first talk about um, using it for safety and introducing and uh, the, be- the clicker and not mugging. So when I first started my journey, um, I, I had like maybe, I don't know, a couple of hours introduction to it. And then I kind of went it alone with 17 horses. <laughs> I'm a very optimistic person <laughs> But this also meant know, that I, I pretty much did ever, I pretty much did everything wrong, uh, that you can do wrong, and you know, um, that's just the way it was. So I remember being in the arena with Freddie, who is, um, how old is Freddie now? 23. 23 or something, something like that. that. I mean, Freddie, oh, you know, you wouldn't think he could move there like that, but I, when he wants food, <laughs> he moves. <laughs> So I ended up having to run and climb out of the arena um, over the fence and was kind of like, right, (laughs) okay, (laughs) I need to figure out how to do this better. And that's when I started using the protected contact more. So what's nice is obviously when you first start out the clicker training, I put the target out. They will instinctively touch it with their nose because they're horses and that's what they do unless they are shut down. If they Mm. don't go, that's a really good indicator that there is something wrong if your horse doesn't touch it or they may be too fearful. Um, So when we're introducing the target, not only are we trying to introduce that, we're also trying to introduce the idea of holding your head straight and not trying to get the food that is in the bag so um you can just stand in front of the horse where it can't reach you put the target out click go in and treat and it it, it can't move its head so once its head's in the position that you want you then click and reinforce that as well yeah
0: do you know that's just a really easy tip isn't it but we always stand to the side we're always taught to stand to the side aren't we and not in front of them yeah I
1: move I then generalise it so I'll move to the side but I kind of start off on the front now because it's the easiest way for me I don't know maybe some people think that's really wrong but it's worked for me no that kind of
0: makes sense
1: yeah so um, because I want that head straight and I don't want Mm. the reaching and then I'll go to one side and then I'll ask for the head to be straight target If they target and then they turn their head, Mm. all you're doing is just waiting for that head to be in the right position and then clicking and rewarding. Now, I've done it different ways with horses. So sometimes I'll introduce the target. Sometimes I won't start with the target first. I will just work on keeping the head straight and then I'll bring in the target. Because it can get a little bit too much. It depends how experienced you are, how much you know what you're doing. If you're a beginner, I'd say work on one thing at a time. Yeah. So just first, just work on the head straight. So you're standing in front of them. um, And then when they've got their head in the position that you want, click
0: reward. And you're trying to click for calm as well. You're trying to... Yeah,
1: I mean, you don't... (sighs) As a beginner, and that someone that you know, or if you haven't been doing it for too long, it's a lot to see, mm, and also is. for the horse. Like if suddenly you're putting all this pressure, and you need it perfect, then you're going to put this pressure on the horse. You're both not going to have fun, and it's going to raise the tension. You're absolutely right, but ideally, you want to be using a chaff mixed with a speedy beat, so you're promoting loads of chewing. And when you do it, you're going to give really big handfuls so that they're so you're naturally light.
0: gonna get that calmness yeah,
1: that parasympathetic nervous yeah. i know i bang on about this all the time but it's so important that rest and digest which is going to help you with your calmness i mean you know always there's going to be a little bit of for most horses oh yeah this is food this is really cool you know but you can i would your initial session you know you can kind of evaluate what's going on with your horse think rethink food if you need to rethink food if you think your horse is getting a little bit over threshold um then maybe think about okay well how often am I doing this training maybe just stick it to once or twice a week and then make sure you're going and just hanging out with your horse at the same time Mm -hmm. so that your horse doesn't think by the time every time it sees you without tack, or mm. if you're not doing your normal riding thing, it's suddenly like, oh, my God, we're doing that trading mm. thing. And it's like, mm, no, we're not. We're just yeah. going to hang
0: out. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's important to add that that phase is quite short because we have that yeah, phase with rum where, where that mugging thing and and then – but that doesn't – it does go. It, yeah. It is, I mean, he. I would say he when you click, he will kind of go – you know, if we're not quick enough, he definitely looks for it, but not in a muggy way. And I think that, that a lot of people – have that misconception that you know that won't that won't stop but it, it actually does it, it does yeah, phase and it and it, it gets better
1: and a lot of pe- people are fearful around using food with their horses mm. quite yeah, rightly are. because they think oh, well it's going to turn them into monsters but it's because when usually you know when we have horses and stuff there's no training done around food It just hasn't been trained it just needs to be trained that's all. you just need to train like you train your kid to use your knife and fork Mm. which I still am trying to get my nine-year-old son to <laughs> use the nine-fork all the time um you know it's just it's just training it's just no one has taught them that and then we can't just expect them to do it and it's unfair of us to kind mm. of expect our horse just to oh do you just want to take this nicely from you know and yeah yeah I
0: know. so
1: you know we want to set the horse up for success and also you know by doing all those things you'll keep that threshold down mm. and low, but you know i won 't go into all the things about thresholds and keep it because there 's lots of different things, mm-hmm. but you know keep making having awareness of yourself where you are at, where your energy is at, if you 're feeling it 's around your heart area, you know you really want to focus on oh can I bring that down to my lower belly? Mm-hmm. feel grounded, feel you know relaxed if you don 't maybe think about doing it on a different day. We all have that, and that 's mm-hmm. fine there 's days when I just go. Do you know what? I'm not gonna ride today. It's not mm. the right day to, for me to ride. And you know, and, and that's fine, and I I feel so much better when I make those dis good decisions. Mm. Um okay, so that is gone through that bit yeah but but it's the beginning bit of protective contact Yeah. yeah yeah okay so um then when you are getting on with your training you can then use protective contact for lots of different things so um we talked to Maisie didn't we last week so obviously she did her protective contact for her um, vet procedure for mm-hmm. the injection which worked really well you can also do it for things like horse trimming and stuff so out Rachel Beddingfield and Claire Waldron who are out in um, Spain and they are Positive Horse Training Spain so they've got some fantastic videos and one is of um, a horse that a pony that came because they, they've got like rescue horses anyway this pony had had an awful time um, and needed its hoof, but it was so scared and relatively untouched. And they were still doing work with him, but also they needed to get his feet done. So you're kind of trying mm. to introduce the training plus working on the hoof trimming stuff. And Claire did a fantastic job and she just used the field. So he was with his herd, he was safe, he was in his own environment. But And she used um, just, the, just the fencing in between. And then she's got him where he's like picking his foot up onto a block. And she's actually able, because they're on the top of a mountain. They don't have barriers and stuff. they got <laughs> to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And she's just trimming him. And that was something else I kind of wanted to talk about when working with um, protective contact is... Um, prote- You've got me saying protected contact. <laughs> protective? Protected. Protected contact i'm saying protective um when working with that um, is that your horse feels safe so and has the ability to react and respond if it doesn't so Because of the work that we're doing, the positive reinforcement work, you know, we can use a stable because it's not really aversive stuff. The horse isn't going to try and run away from it. Well, hopefully not. But you do need to spot for signs. If suddenly you put the target up and your horse is like, what, flings its head up and isn't sure, yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe if you want to reintroduce that, do it in a field where he's with his friends, where he's with his buddies, yeah, because... Mm -hmm. If you're starting off from a place of tension, you can only build from there. Mm. Does that make sense? It does.
0: I would have to, in my situation, I would have to make sure that everybody else has food because if I'm using, so I'm just taking that example. You know, Jim, oh my lordy, if you, that bag, the sac magique with the food in, you have to, you only have to get it out. And Jim is, Jim is like, you know he's a slow boy until like Freddie like until he sees the bag, and then he's like whoa yeah. hey yeah I'm your yeah. shadow and he's a big shadow to have so um yeah he's so I would have to put him away or feed him or tie him up
1: or, or run a line
0: so yeah, what run you a do, line.
1: just run a yeah, line yeah. through it and so, so they've so,
0: still got the field but they've got the field but yeah, run has a slightly separate section yeah get you I mean, I don't have to do it because no. rum's fine. But if I, if I had a horse that was a rescue horse that was traumatised, that needed to be with the herd, that's how I do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so it's really important
1: because if you're um, starting doing this work in an area that the horse is not used to, like I said, you're already starting off with that level of stress mm. and, and you're just going to build up on that. Um, so with rum, we have been using protected contact in a couple of different ways. So first, and um, me and Nick Nick have used a lot of this in the past with the conquest horses, is the round the round pen. So we just explain what that is because I always presume everybody knows what it is, but mm. actually they don't. So um, I want to say it's connection training that coined it, but I don't know. So, well, I think
0: Shauna's uses it. Yeah, too, but so. I
1: think they. I don't know. I remember there being someone. Anyway, anyway it doesn't really matter. Well, whoever anyway, it, it was, a great but, idea. But, yeah, thank you and well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a it's a circle, and it can be traffic cones with um, poles going round, or you know, jumps or whatever. whatever However you, you have happen, seen, yeah. buckets and poles, and you just create a circle. And um, you are on the inside of the circle, and the horse is on the outside of the circle. So you can teach loads and loads of different things like this. Like it's really good for transitions. Like that's mm-hmm. fantastic because um, you, when you're working with those higher transitions, even though that you know going from trot to canter or walk to trot, we want it to be soft, and we want that softness. Softness, but actually, you know, with horses like Rum. If he suddenly if he suddenly goes, Oh, do you know what I'm really enjoying this? He you know, a leg might come out a little bit or yeah, yeah. whatever. You know, there's a little bit of we can't control him, we can't completely control him. So mm. this is kind of giving us the option to just feel safe and stand back. And also I quite like the way it teaches them distance. So if you're teaching lunging, for example, you want them to liberty lunge, you can be You start off quite close to the railing and you're walking around with them, but then you slowly like come further and further away to eventually you are stood in the middle of the um, round pen. And then you're using your voice commands or your arms to, to ask them to walk, trot, change direction, all that kind of stuff. And then you can go back out and work on things like shouldering with them and, and lots of, you know, loads of stuff. And then you can put little poles out outside and then you can do little jumps and, you know, I really like that. But for us, we haven't been able to continue with that because the size of your arena isn't means we can't put a circle in
0: big enough. Forum because he does need a much bigger. He does, circle. and I think, and and we've used the field, didn't we, last summer, and I think yeah. we'll do that again this year, yeah. and I think that that is a really good. Word of caution when you 're working with horses that are sort of bigger than fourteen hands is that well any any horse really the bigger the circle, the better to a certain I mean, you don 't want it too huge but but you what don 't want it as a small sort yeah. of lunge pen really no, um, no exactly. because it 's not good for their bodies as a physio it 's really not good for their ligaments tendons it's not, it's you know horses aren 't born or bred to go in circles, but as humans, we seem to have a passion and an obsession with with um, making them do so um, and so the bigger yeah, the I circle... And it's weird, isn't it? The I bigger the circle a, we can get us. it, the better. Um, and to not overdo it because it's just, it's just not healthy. And also they will have a preferred reign. They will have a preferred side. And again, what happens quite often as humans is we recognise that subconsciously. So we will do sort of like 10 reps on the left and then oh five on the right. Yeah. Because we haven't noticed... We have noticed but we haven't recognised it. To... Yeah. <laughs> so we, we'll go, Oh, you it's easier this way, I get a better performance mm-hmm. from you. You're more connected this way. So this is the way we'll work. And actually what you're just creating um a more um unbalanced force, yeah in a physical way. Yeah. So you have to be careful in yeah. the
1: circle. Absolutely. Yeah. And um yeah, I love that, everything that you said it was all amazing and completely right um (laughs) (laughs) with my wife it's not always Um, yeah so the other way that we've been using it with rum is um as we've noticed that you know a little bit of grass is starting to come through Mm. things are changing a little bit weather-wise rum has a little bit more energy so we have started we've set up like an l shape in your arena which used to be just up one side and was our jump shoot but now is is our kind of okay let it all go so let loose shoot let loose so if he comes in because a lot of the work that we're doing at the moment we require him to be more still and and just in the best places possible um, mm-hmm. we need to let him have that outlet, mm-hmm. but it needs to be done in a safe way, and we also need to let him know that we only do that you know when we kind of say to do it because we need to keep everybody safe now, I don't want that to sound like we are controlling every movement of rum. that isn't it. What we're doing is we're recognizing his need for movement and his need to have a bit of a buck and a fart, um but we are making it a safe way. For him to be able to do that so what we do is when he comes in um for the session becky you will then um guide him to the mat that's usually at the beginning mm-hmm. of that l shape and then you start walking and then you play a bit you bring the pace up bring it down you're not target using a target at all you we're not really rewarding with food at the end it's maybe one in there but it's it's He doesn't need that food reward because it is intrinsically motivating for him. So what we see is he'll go from one end to the other. And as Becky turns him and he goes around the corner, that's generally his place where he goes. There must be something within that turn that makes him want to release that bark. Mm, mm. And it opens up the shoulders and stuff and everything, which is, you know, fantastic. So when he barks like that and farts and whatever, you know... That is his reward because it feels good in his body and it feels good to him. So that's why we don't need to click and reward and stuff. It's like, oh, you get to do this and, and you get to feel really good. And then we just kind of carry on until we feel that he's got it all out of his system and he's quite happy. Mm. And it's not like a really, uncontrolled, he's not like a wild stallion, is he? He, But he, he definitely has that. That like playful time, which is really really nice, and I think is lovely for him. Yeah, and generally
0: it doesn't last very long. I think me and Nick Nick did a session once where it was quite spicy, (laughs) and it was like, okay. (laughs) We were going to do some mountain block stuff, weren't we? We decided decided not 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 to because he he normally it's like a few seconds. You know, it's hardly anything, and he's like, yeah, I'm done with that now. Come on, let's work. You Mm. know, and I actually wonder whether it is a bit of a release of that and. A release of, not anxiety, because I think he's excited to work, so it's like a, oh yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm ready, I'm ready, oh, get this out, and now I can concentrate, you know, it's that kind of thing, I, I don't know. Do you whether. know
1: what, as well, I wonder, I'm just thinking about what my osteo told me once, uh, when I was having my back done, mm. and she called me a crack addict, <laughs> have you ever heard of a crack addict? This is well, relevant, in an osteo term. No. So, you know, yeah. like, so I... Actually, it was for my back. Yeah, yeah. So um, my oh, so you neck... crunch licks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said I was a crack addict. And <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> she said, no, that's a joke that osteos have at university because there's a little dopamine release when you crack. Oh. Yeah, and okay. that's why people like doing it. Because... And so it makes me wonder.
0: Yeah. With that yes, movement, definitely. we're probably
1: getting... A release of dopamine. Yeah, of course. It's just play, isn't it? And Yeah, and dopamine's role is that addiction, is mm. in addiction, mm. and um, it, you just want more of that, mm. more dopamine, more dopamine. He is... Dopamine's produced when he's doing the training. I mean, I could be thinking, where, this is totally off the top of my head, but I just wonder whether he's like, right, I know I can get my... He doesn't know he can get his dopamine fix from doing training, but that might be why he's like, it's yeah, a freak okay, go to yeah, yeah, I get you. <clears throat> Do you know, does that make sense? It does yeah, make sense.
0: that, that could Maybe why you know because we're working with good chemicals and the brain. I just think it's really important to say to not suppress it because I think that's what we do all the time, don't we? With horses, not us, but in uh, often in that world, it's like in the mainstream world, it's like we'll strap them down if they're Mm. trying to, you know, hold them down. Let's add a martingale. Let's add this. Let's add that. You know, and and actually, why don't you just let them loose and then go? You know what? Now you're chilled. Now we'll do. Now we'll do the thing.
1: But But also what a lot of people will do with horses like that, as well as strap them down, is they'll go, right, I'll lunge them or I'll free Mm. free school them first before we go out on our hacks, so they're more relaxed. But what they don't realise is that if they are lunging using aversive techniques and energy, if they're free schooling, doing the same, what they're doing is they are adding to that because they are... um, the horse is producing cortisol. It will be trigger stacking. You're um, initiating that fight and flight, mm. that sympathetic mm. nervous system. You're like, hey, do you know what? I'm going to get you there faster. So it may be tired mm. after to take you out, but it has. It's still very likely that you will have something come up um, because of trigger stacking and stuff yeah, like that yeah
0: absolutely I'm also not a fan of lunging there's very very few people that can lunge well and there's very few horses that can lunge, lunging should be about balance and posture and rhythm mm-hmm. and quite often it's used as a I've got a fizzy horse let's wear it out and as a physio again a lot I get a lot of clients who go oh you know what shall I, shall I lunge them tomorrow if I'm not riding it's like no 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 no, no. Just, just in hand just walk or long line why do you have to go around again it's that circle thing but also... Just don't
1: get obsessed with the
0: circles.
1: And I think if people could maybe think of it more like dog, in, you know, dog enrichment, I remember you telling me something like five or ten minutes of enrichment is the same as walking for... Scent
0: work. Scent work. So five to ten minutes of scent work for a dog is the equivalent of walking for 30 to 45 minutes.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, we know that cognitive enrichment stuff wears us out the brain out mm. um and not the body and you know thinking of it that way if you have a fizzy horse if you're able to actually get their brain engaged turn on that parasympathetic nervous system you know do all of that before you go out um, you'll then also be connected so you're mm. not just trying to control this energy energy is fine we want energy but we want to um, just make sure that it comes out in the right way yeah, yeah in a safe way yeah definitely. That's all. so definitely yes oh last thing and I will post this link on I will give it to you when you do because you did a little write-ups I can never remember what we talked about to be honest because <laughs> you're just write-ups. so busy
0: <laughs> um, changing
1: that world <laughs> so one horse at a time (laughs) there is a web recorded webinar it does cost i can't remember how much it is but it's all for a charity which is really good so um jenny jenny i'm really sorry if i get your name surname wrong aichner e-i-c-h-n-e-r why can't they just have normal names i know yeah she did a she works with equine for she runs equine centered and she
0: did a two-week Oh, she did. That was yeah, brilliant. Yeah, which
1: I spoke at. And that's yeah, why I thought you did. What's
0: her surname again? Jenny? Eichner.
1: <laughs> Eichner? Eichner. Okay. It yeah. could be Eichner. I don't know. Um, but it's equine-centered. We'll put a list up. But Rachel Benningfield does a webinar on protected contact and she is very up in doing it. So, you know, we'll put a link in there and people mm. can maybe go in and watch Rachel and listen to what she says Yeah, for much more information. Well, I'm not sure about that,
0: but well, it will be added <laughs> <Yeah>. information.
1: <laughs> with <laughs> added information, yeah. And you get to see stuff as well. So oh, yeah, it, that's cool. being used. Well, yeah. so I think, well, I think
0: the video that would be posted out last week of the protective contact with Maisie and the vet is like just... So clean and so fab. So I think that's a really good example. And we've got some good examples of the round pen actually. So maybe we could do those. Uh, They are uh, uh, old now, but you know we've got Mm. some, and you've got some really lovely ones as well. So maybe we should post Batman. Yeah, maybe we should post those. So, anything else you want to add about protective content? Um, not. For now, I think, okay. that's good. Cool. And okay, so next week we're going to be talking about separation.: Separation anxiety, anxiety. <gasps> And I get separation anxiety from you guys. Aww. I love our Monday training sessions. <laughs> They're just the best. Cool, So we're done for today. Awesome. If you'd like to make contact with either Kate or myself, you can contact us via Facebook. We are Little Green Stables or Ecological Positive Partnerships. Or you can check me out, Becky, on my website www.littlegreenstables.com. We'd really like to make our podcast interactive. So if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to discuss, then that would be great. So send us a message either via our website or via our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube channels. Thanks. Bye-bye. (music) you <music>